Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. TPV Radio. Central Texas. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Cover your cough or sneeze. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. And remember, you're safer at home. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by Live 365 and this station. Hey, what's going on, home team? This your boy, Gino Worldwide, Pastor Gino, man of Free Wave Radio, Generation Now Church in Murfreesboro. Hey, you are now listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let's go. Siron 2020 to get your free gifts. 
It's Let's Get It. Let's go. You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network.
everybody. This is Sandra Grace from Little Bar Nation. Thank you for tuning in to this particular podcast. I am so happy to be here. It is Saturday at Saturday, 7 p.m. And let me tell you what, the bars are closed. So if you can't go to the bar, go to Little Bar. So welcome to Little Bar. What is Little Bar? Well, let me tell you what, it is a Bible. Yes, I know. It is from the Bible. So the Bible is a biblical town where nothing grows. Nothing. Like it was completely barren of, of, of growth, of harvest. But yet, you know, people want, had to go through Lodabar uh, to get from, you know, one town to the other. So I'm just, you know, in love with the, that that name Lodabar because it means no pasture, like nothing, nothing grows. But out of Lodabar, believe it or not, biblically, a lot of kings and kingdoms were built. So it was, there was a purpose for Lodabar. So sometimes when we feel like we're in a barren place or we're that we're not making a difference or that we're not bearing good fruit or, or whatever it is that, you know, some negativity that comes across our, our head. Um, I want you to think of Lodabar. Okay. We are all uh, in Lodabar at one time or another. Okay, especially now with the climate that we have in our country, well, worldwide. So Lodabar to me is a very special, uh, it's just, it's a special place in the Bible. So let us pray. Thank you, God, for giving us this time together. We love uh, how you bring people that need to be together uh, to make uh, your word heard. Uh, We just thank you, God, for making that happen. Um, You have enlightened me and other people in the last several weeks and and months. And uh, in your holy name, we pray. Amen. Today in Lord of Our Nation, we're going to be discussing the Department of Criminal Justice issues that have popped up in the last several months. Well, of course, we knew when COVID-19 came out, not only was it going to be an issue in our community, but it was going to be an issue in the community within the prison system. And so I call it a community because it is a community. It's a small place where people, um, you know, follow certain rules just like we follow rules outside, right? So, but it's called prison. Texas Department of Criminal Justice is actually an interesting um, agency in that it is a lot of billions of dollars so that it can house uh, many, many inmates at different locations and meet their needs. Uh, and I say that even though um, – and I, I want to make it very clear, you know, biblically, you know, if there's something that you did wrong, you know, and you, you went to prison, you did your time, you know, God forgives us, okay? God forgives everyone. So uh, I pass no judgment. What I don't have any skin in the game. I don't have anybody in touch with criminal justice. My brother used to be a parolee uh, and, and a frequent flyer. If there was, a, a you know, any rewards points, he probably would have gotten a lot of rewards points because he was in and out of prison for so many, many times. Um, but anyway, enough about my brother, which, by the way, he is now COVID negative and he's got, you know, the antibodies. So I just wanted to share how great God is. Um, my mother's doing better and my brother is doing amazing. So thank the good Lord for that because a couple of weeks ago I was pretty bummed out. You can hear because my podcast was like, it just felt really sad. And of course I felt sad, but now I'm just rejoicing. So, however, regardless of me not having anybody in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice system, I am pro basic human needs. We've talked about this. We've talked about this in the past, and we've talked about um, how important it is to, oh, for me, 
it is important for me to know that human beings, okay, are being cared for at a basic level of need. And I say that because, well, I'm a therapist. I have a license, you know, I'm a professional licensed counselor, uh, and I have a master's in marriage and family therapy. But I also have some information um, about other things that I experienced throughout the last 20 years, and I do have a bachelor's in public policy. I started my, my Ph.D. in public policy and administration just recently. So I'm very intrigued about how policy is put together to benefit um, the needs of our community. And, and I'm talking about uh, the, the, the needs that I just uh, talked about, the human survival needs, uh, the basic human needs, all right? So air, water, food, shelter, safety, some may say sleep, clothing, but the, the top four are the big ones, right? Air, because without air, we can't breathe. Without water, we can't live for very long, and we can't live without food for very long either. So I am and will continue to be a huge proponent to overseeing all state agencies here in Texas to make sure that whatever it is that we do put together uh, to punish or house um, and I say this because I've worked at foster homes before and I've worked at children's foster care systems and I, I can, you know, I can tell you that, you know, there's money that's needed there as well. Um, I have worked for Child Protective Services. I was a parole officer as well. So I'm not new to the Texas system and how it works. And like, I've been in the trenches. So I realized the common denominator, um, of compassion I had was that no matter what level I was working at, that I always would face a human being that was in need of water, food, and shelter. And so I have been educated the last several uh, several years on how a bill becomes a law because I used to work for a Texas legislature, um, a senator actually. And so I learned a lot of good things. And a lot of real ways to make a difference, not the, you know, you know, normal uh, way of, of um, you know, maybe writing an email or writing a letter, even though that works. But there are other ways and other avenues, you know, to actually um, get results, um, especially if there's uh, power in numbers and power in money, because that is those are the two things that need to happen uh, in the state on the state level. For things to change power and money so lobbyists with a lot of cash and power in numbers right so i've always seen that power in numbers work like that's you know just really quick the texas uh, education agency well they have unions the teachers have unions and when the the teachers are going they have like a a teacher day uh, down at the uh, at Austin, and uh, they go down there and they meet their senators and representatives, and there's droves of them, 
like chartered buses galore. And senators or legislators listen to them because they vote. So it's a big deal. I remember, you know, being a, a legislative aide and like, oh my gosh, you know, this is today's teacher appreciation or some awareness or something today. And I'm like, what is that? You know, and oh, they're, the teachers will be coming and we'll be discussing into their needs, the salary and you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I'm very privy to what the power of numbers uh, and, and, and not just joining it. We're talking about even uh, unions are, uh, and advocacy groups are formed that merge with teachers, and then it's even more powerful because there's more numbers. And so there's no difference between that and uh, citing issues uh, on the level of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice and being proactive in trying to change that. So that being said, I will continue to advocate for basic human needs even on that level. Um, now, I've been a victim of a crime, you know, and, and I know that the perpetrator had to, you know, do five years. And I'm not a hug-a-thug type of person, uh, but I, I'm compassionate. I'm, uh, I don't think I need to say that I'm a Christian. You know, I'm, I'm just human. And I, I don't, I, I look at the entire picture of Texas Department of Criminal Justice, and it's, you know, a, a very large portion of those that are incarcerated um, are low-risk offenders uh, that were, you know, caught with drugs and, and things that, that of course, you know, warranted them to go to prison. But believe it or not, there's some people that pled guilty and weren't, weren't guilty at all. Yeah, it happened. Surprise. Um, no, everybody knows that, that people are actually put in prison when they're actually innocent or they'll plea, right? They'll plea, they'll take a plea and they'll go to prison and, um, and then there goes that, okay? Their entire life has changed, uh, forever. What they're not thinking of when they're, you know, and I don't think anybody would have seen this, that when they were being convicted, um, and sentenced to go to prison, that that there was going to be a pandemic and the pandemic uh, there's going to be a problem with standard operating procedures because Texas Department of Criminal Justice just as society the United States of America wasn't prepared for a pandemic um, neither was TDCJ so in the midst of all this you know we are, are looking at a problem that not many people are aware of. And so today I wanted to talk about it, and I want to talk about it in, in terms of what would Jesus do, right? I mean, sometimes I'll get in my um, what would Jesus do uh, mode, and sometimes, you know, because I'm an artist, I'll think about what, what will Frida do. Y'all know Frida Kayla. Anyway, so what would Jesus do in this particular, in this particular case? And by that I mean that if you are not aware Texas has approved approved inmates for parole. That means that a board, okay, so, uh, and I, I refer to the Shawshank Redemption, where where there's, people go before a parole board, and, you know, you've got Morgan Freeman, and he's with his hat, and he's, like, asking for, you know, parole, and they're, like, keep denying him, keep denying him. Well, in Texas, it's not like that. 
in Texas, as a matter of fact, you'll see something like um, you'll get a, a memo that you've been uh, you're eligible for parole, and that file, okay, that file goes in front of a parole um, board member. They don't meet, okay? They're not in a tribunal where you're like having to meet with them. You never, even, you don't even know what they look like. I mean, they can be the my next door neighbor for all they know. Thing is, they look at your file and they're like, okay, this one isn't eligible. This one's, you know, or approved. For, so for for them to approve you or your loved one, uh, to, for them to approve an inmate for parole means that they are low, they're low risk, and it's okay for them to come out. Well, as of right now. There's over 10,000 people that are parole approved, more that are eligible, and that's a whole other word, but let's stick with the word approved, okay, because that's got the stamp, like, doom, ready, you're, open the doors, let this individual go and meet with their parole officer, and let them continue their sentence, at, you know, out, out here in the community otherwise known as community supervision, right? That's what I used to do. I was a parole officer, and that's what I did. So the problem is they haven't released these approved parolees. And so what was maybe a year to some people, and this is not just one story, what would have been a year for a drug offense may turn into a death sentence because COVID-19 is not, it's not being kept um, in check. It's, it's running rampant. And it's not just inmates. You know, our correctional officers, they're also suffering. So, Discussing pain and suffering last couple of podcasts, you know, I believe that we have serious injustice happening under our noses, and my heart goes out to every single one that is approved for parole. But what really made me lose my emotion was that there are elderly, which is 65 and over, that are compromised immune-wise, that that are elderly and, and are approved for parole, that are not coming out anytime soon. Well, I mean, if I had it my way, and I think, you know, this is the reason why I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing this podcast to make you aware that there are injustices happening underneath our nose. And it's really, it's a, it's a silent thing because you don't see it in mainstream media. You can pop on the MSNBC or Fox or BBC and you'll see other things happening, you know, coronavirus and stats 
um, in our states and some people, you know, if that is their valley system and they want, and that's fine, they can look at it, I understand. Um, the reason why I'm connected to Texas Department of Criminal Justice is because for the last 20 years I have seen this, this become an industry, you know, housing inmates. You know, it takes $22,000 to house an inmate a year, and it takes $70,000 to house an inmate a year with medical conditions. So it would be lucrative, you know, for the taxpayer, not lucrative, but economical for the taxpayer not to have to, you know, fork out $70,000 and, you know, for someone who has medical conditions, usually are the elderly. So, you know, what is it that, that needs to happen? Well, our governor right now is not wanting to have a big conversation. On the contrary, yesterday I saw something which is like magical thinking on the part of of some legislators. I don't know if it's the governor, but, you know, the state. And that they want to not process people for parole until they are... COVID free and they're going to create this COVID free unit and that way they they are released at COVID free um, and, and you know there's just too many variables there's a lot of cross contamination there's guards that are bringing it in there are people like me that work in the prison system that are counselors and they're also getting sick and bringing it in. There are other types of educators um, and, you know, workers that are bringing it in. So there's no such thing as, and there won't be such thing as COVID free units. So if that's just a, for, for them to pull the wool over the person's eyes that, that doesn't want to have a, oh, a convict out, you know, on parole and how do we, how dare we hug a thug and, and that may like, oh, well, they'll be COVID-free. And, and maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe it's a, you know, it's a narrative that people may buy into. But I'm not that kind of person. I'm not buying into it. Bottom line is they've been approved. Let them, let them go. Period. They have been approved for quite some time. Not just a week. Not just a month. Not just a season. Some have been approved for a year. And they're still there. So, Greg Abbott, let these people go. Let them be what the state has allowed them to be, and that is approved on parole. Period. Any impairment, any impediment of releasing is going to backfire. Because at the beginning of the show, I said basic human needs are air, water, food, shelter, and I said safety as well, sleep and clothing. If you have enough individuals that don't feel safe, they're going to act out, if you will. They're going to rise up, and there will be problems 
there will be riots, and there have been. There have been. Across the nation, there have been riots because of what's happening. In Texas, if because they don't have enough, you know, PPE, they don't have enough sanitizing material, they don't have in it's despicable. And they're getting actually in trouble. They're being written up. Inmates are being written up if they make their own kind of mask. It's like equal to a shank when they get written up. Really? An inmate's trying to just survive. And you're going to write them up for making their own mask. These are stories that need to get out, and I'm not going to, I'm no longer keeping, you know, keeping it in my mental Rolodex of the things that I hear and the things, not that I hear that are vetted. I'm, I'm talking about these are people. I have gotten emails, and I have gotten comments, and I have gotten calls of real-life people with a pulse that are immune-compromised, that went in there for a small drug offense, you know, and uh, are in, in renal failure. So what was, like I said earlier, you know, a low-level offender went in unbeknownst to them that it was a death sentence, really. So I'm appalled. I'm saddened. But not as in, in, you know, emotionally anymore. Because that only lasts for like two seconds. I, I can only be emotional for a certain amount of time. And then I snap out of it because I need to think with my mind, not my heart. Because it's my mind that I need to use so that I know where I'm going to go with this information. So as a Christian, when I'm presented with an injustice, and and it's it just gets worse and worse and no one is doing anything i don't sit back i start plotting in a good way of how we are going to help and i say we because i'm going to find like-minded people that are going through pain and suffering because they have a loved one behind bars that they have no idea if they're doing well or not as a matter of fact some people some people out, out in the free world are making contact with their loved one and saying, oh, I heard you tested positive for COVID. And the, the inmate's going, what? Yeah, you didn't know? That's how disjointed the system is. It is in chaos right now. And the elderly need not suffer. The elderly who have been approved for parole need not suffer because of the disjointed effort and lack of initiative by state legislators and the Texas Department of Criminal Justice that are paid by a taxpayer's money. Enough. Enough. Because I know Jesus Christ would not allow half of what's happening without 
touching them and saying it's going to be okay. But guess what? We're going to have to be Jesus' soldiers, and we're going to have to do our part. I'm going to do it. I'm game for it. My parents brought me up this way. So my parents are immigrants, or they were immigrants, and they became citizens. I'm first-generation Mexican-American, and I'm proud of that. I care a lot about the kids that are engaged in border patrol um, custody situations. But as I said before, if I can't do anything for them and they're not supposed to be here because they're not American citizens, you know, they're seeking asylum. I mean, they have a right to. I may have my hands tied in that. I still work with programs to try to get them wipes and diapers and whatnot. But American citizens that are sitting in jail right now at the Texas Department of Criminal Justice that have been approved for parole, they need to come out. They don't need to be caged. They don't need to face a death sentence because of inadequate operations. So I am constantly looking on the website, making sure that there's, you know, they're trying to contain this virus within the jails, but it's not. It's not being contained. People are dying. Jailers are dying. And you don't think it affects us? It does because jailers get their families sick. Families get other people sick and it goes on. It affects all of us. But if we cannot uphold the four corners of a approved parolee status, there's no hope for anybody that is in there moving forward as our political climate begins to to become very uncertain because so much political unrest. I want them all free. I want I want all the uh, approved parolees, I want them free. But that is apparently too much to ask. So I ask for compassion. But also for those already approved elderly, 65 and over, to be released now. It is causing undue pain and suffering with their family. Imagine not knowing how your dad is, how your husband is, They've cut out visitation. They've limited phone calls. Someone found out that they were picking up a body, not their their family member, on parole. They found out, oh, by the way, they died. They had cancer. They died, so come pick them up. 
I can't in my right mind, and I cannot from on a spiritual. I don't. I don't need to be spiritual to know what's right and wrong. My moral compass is, is intact because my value system is such that. If someone were to to need my help, they needed CPR, and they spit in my face two minutes prior, that I would still try to revive that person. So air, water, food, shelter, safety. Those are the needs that I underscore, and in Texas Department of Criminal Justice right now is going through um, through a situation that is going to require a lot of people to get together and demand action. And so, in my spirit, it it, it kind of dances when I say that there are a lot of people out there that are willing that are willing to fight for what is right, even by those that have been incarcerated. It's quite humbling if you think about it. Because we often look at the con or the convict as, oh, can't believe, you know, they must must have done something really bad. And some of them have. I'm not talking about the sex offender. I'm not talking about the guy that pulled out a gun and shot somebody, you know, point black at the, you know, Valero. I'm talking about low-risk offenders and those that have been approved by the board to be released. That's all I want. And I want them out by the 22nd of August. Why? Because 22 reminds me that it costs $22,000 to have an inmate in the state of Texas yearly, right? Why pay 70000 The majority of elder, elderly in our Texas Department of Corrections have very high medical needs. I'm not minimizing the fact that there are people that need to be set that need to be set free and compassion release needs to be invoked and the governor needs to step up. But God is gonna have to instill that in Greg Abbott's heart. I can only pray that it happens sooner than later. Because every soul that dies under the care of Texas Department of Criminal Justice that could have survived and moved on on to parole, I will honor that life on on the show that I'm on, no matter what platform I use. Because that could have been my brother. That could have been my brother. We talked about four 
different reasons why people suffer. One, because perhaps it can fall under deserved suffering, undeserved suffering. I'm just going to talk about the two, not the four today, real briefly. It's undeserved suffering at this point for those that have been approved for pools. And that is against the word of God. That is against our constitution. We're adding and subjecting inmates to cruel and unusual punishment. So this matter is, it hits all my psyche. It hits the logic and and, and things I have learned in this life through education and experience. Emotionally, I can't imagine what families are going through. Spiritually, it hurts. It hurts my heart. I could only imagine what it's what it's like living in a cesspool right now. And Jesus help us because compassionate release would be amazing. But the ones that have been approved for parole, let them go. Especially our elderly. Well, I'm going to open up the lines. If there's any line, anybody wanting to chime in and have something to say, I'd really, um, I'm here for that. Um, let me check on something. We'll see if there's any callers anytime soon. So I want to be able to. Okay. Hey, sis. Hey, sis. Yes, we do have a caller on the line. So I'm going to go ahead and tap them in. Yes, ma'am. For security purposes, I will only read the last three digits of your phone number. So caller 0317-0317, you are on Lodabar Nation with Sandra Grace. God bless you. Thank you. Hello, Sandra Grace. Hello. How you doing? This is Michael Ceballos. I was just calling in to uh, just kind of touch on some things that you just spoke on. Uh, I really uh, I loved your analogy about the uh, CPR. I mean, it's just it's it's really that simple. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of just talk a little bit about. You know, the, 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 the people that are waiting, that are parole approved, that are elderly, you know, just the, the same thing that you're talking about. You know, we've we have talked about this several times in the past, and uh, I love the fact that you have uh, set a date, given them a timeline of what you expect. And I'm I'm behind you. I think that uh, that I think we're giving them more than enough time. And I just uh, I just wanted to encourage you and uh 
you know, let you know that I really, uh, I, I'm really, uh, you know, into what you're doing. So I just wanted to call and uh, just be encouraging. Well, and, you know, I'm so glad that you reached out, Michael, because, you know, um, so listeners just want you to know that Michael Ceballos, you know, has a show uh, called The Cell Life, and, um, you know, he does an extraordinary job discussing uh, conditions that he had to go through when he was in prison and has, uh, you know, truly a heart of gold, and you could tell. Um, you can't fake that, you know, when, when he's on Facebook Live. And so tonight, actually, we're going to have a show at 9 p.m. He and I have joined forces. So um, I have a show called The Amplified Life on Facebook, and he has a show called Cell Life, and so we've merged it, and it's called Cell Life Amplified. And we're discussing these issues more in-depth. So I hope to see you guys there um, as well so that, you know, we can, you know, answer some uh, comments and we're we are we are here to see this through um and we're not going to going to let up so michael i am so glad that you called um you know i i appreciate your feedback and i look forward to going live with you tonight at 9 p.m um unless uh you've gotten sick of me no ma'am no ma'am i'm i'm looking forward to it i think that our little series that we have going is uh, is going well. We're trying to educate and uh, you know inform uh, the public on their rights and how they can help their loved ones while they're incarcerated, or try to help them get out uh, and not die inside of the walls uh, behind this COVID uh, nineteen situation. Uh, I just really think that it's uh, I don't know. I, I do not. Uh, want to be a conspiracy theorist, and I, I just don't know if we're being told the truth. I think it's a lot worse than it is, and I'm concerned about my brothers and sisters uh, behind the walls. You know, uh, there's a lot of Christians. There's a lot of Christians behind the wall. There's a lot of people, period, uh, that uh, have served their time, have paid their debt to society, and want to live a free and just and uh, you know well life out here, just like just like the rest of us. And uh, they should have that opportunity. So uh, I was given that well opportunity. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sandra Grace. Yes, ma'am. No, that was well said. Thank you. That is perfectly. Um, they do deserve that. Um, like I said, you know, they, they do not deserve, um, you know, a, a death sentence when they were just meant to be there for, you know, years or so. So I know I'm simplifying it, um, but it's, there are real cases like that. I mean, I don't think, and so, yes, informing. So the more that you know with the information, you know how I feel about this, um, Michael, the more information that you have. So this is, I'm talking to like the general public uh, now or our listeners. When, if you are a Christian and, and, and you are praying and, and you have a sticker on your bumper that you love Jesus and you're, you have, you wear jewelry with, you know, James Avery jewelry. And, you know, you, you, you know, you, you go to church or you, you listen to, you know, music, you know, that that's Christian based, but you turn a blind eye to pain and suffering. You know, I, I ask you to mm. not, um, not get complacent 
that God will take care of it. Because I used to say that myself. Well, God will, well, will take care of that. Well, what a, I think that maybe the reason you may listen to something and it resonates with your soul and it vibrates in your spirit is because God is telling you, you do something about it too. And you'll be very surprised how many people he anoints to do his work. And so. Sure. Life is good. Sandra Grace, I wanted to say, if you don't mind, I I wanted to say that, you know, some of these men uh, that I've done time with in the past, uh, I know you mentioned a little bit about uh, my my backstory, but I did a little over 27 years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. And, uh, you know, uh, faith and uh, – I mean, I want to say religion, but not really, just, just faith and uh, uh, church and things like that are very, very respected inside of the prison world. You know, so, I mean, but they're also very uh, – uh, you know they're very regulated. You know if you say this is what you're going to do, you know in prison you're going to be a Christian. You're going to do this well. Then people are going to hold you accountable because of the environment that we're in. So, you know I I I just know that I left a lot of really good men back there, and I know that they deserve the same chance that I was given. That I that I told them I would not uh, uh, screw up this time. I gave them my word before I left, and I just, you know, I, I, I just really want y'all to know that these are real people. These are regular Joes, man. These are these are our Christian brothers and sisters that are dying behind these walls because, because you know, they just don't want to let them go during this crisis, or, you know, I don't know. I just don't understand it. These are parole ready. Individuals, Sandra Grace, I just do not understand why they're holding them in this pit of COVID that could, you know, and, and we're also, you know, specifically talking about the high risk uh, uh, inmates, you know, the, the elderly. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, um, it's got to, it's got to stop. It's that this disjointed effort of releasing them and trying to come up with these narratives of having a COVID-free unit first is bizarre, and it's magical thinking. As a therapist, I can't even wrap my mind around something like that. That has nothing Look, to do with if they're parole ready. Sure, and and it's a little late in the game, uh, you know, to be trying to put together a COVID-free unit. I mean, you should have got on that immediately. We can't even. Uh, we can't even. We can't. Yeah, I mean, this is. We can't even have a COVID-free elementary school. Right. It it defies. I mean, my my. It hurts. My IQ points actually fall every time I read something like that. I'm like, there's no way. I'm not buying this stuff. You can tell it to other people, and people can eat it, and people can like, oh, this is what they're doing. That's why. That's why. I'm not falling for it. I'm not. uh, I refuse to. So. We'll get to the bottom of it, and we'll continue this show and and load up our nation and, you know, give up, you know, I will continue providing information because I believe that this is something that needs to be at the forefront for, for the, the level of, um, the level of awareness that I have, the level of knowledge that I have. If I don't act, then I'm, you know, to me, I feel like I'm not, I'm not useful to God. 
I need to act on the knowledge that I have. And because I know that they have been approved for parole, and I know what that means because I was a parole officer and I did work on the Texas Legislative Senate side, I know what that means. And for them not to be out is infuriating. So now it's just time for me to get in the game, and that's what I've been doing, full full force. So I'm, I'm not giving up. And I know that neither you and other people that are, you know, following our shows and or what we say, um, you know, on Facebook or Instagram, um, there's a lot of people out there that are, in, you know, that are suffering, that are in pain, and it's just not those that are inside. There's also their families. They have babies outside. There's women also, you know, incarcerated that are pregnant. Um, they're, you know... And they have babies outside or kids. You know, it's just, it's a uh, ripple effect. So, but we can send a wave right back. So hopefully the two will merge and we'll make a difference. And that's, that's all that I have for tonight, folks. Um, so I will see you soon, Michael. Thank you for calling in. All righty. Thank you, Sandra Grace, for having me on the show. Y'all have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, we have one more caller for you. So, caller, okay. the last four digits of your phone number four six nine eight four six nine eight. You are live on Loader Bar Nation with Sandra Grace. God bless you. Hello, thank you for chiming in. How can I help you? Sí, buenas tardes. Sí. Buenas tardes. Uh, ¿Habla español? Hola, buenas noches. Buenas noches. ¿En qué le puedo ayudar? Sí, mire, le quería hacer una pregunta. Su nombre me lo dio Cintia. Pache, este, sí, me lo dio Cintia. Sí. Y mi pregunta era sobre mi hijo. Tengo un hijo que es este especial desde que estaba bebé. Okay. Y a él lo, agarra, lo agarraron y está, está ahorita en la, en la en federal. Ok. Y mi pregunta era, este como él siempre ha sido un niño especial y ha tenido muchos papeles desde que estaba en la escuela, y, y, um, y como a él lo agarraron y ahora me le están haciendo exámenes ahí en la cárcel, pero salen que no es competente, o sea que, que sí sale que está mal sus... sus, sus evaluaciones que le han hecho pero no me le han dado ninguna corte y este y todavía me lo tienen ahí ya va a cumplir un año ahora en octubre lo que le puedo ofrecer uh, and so her question is always uh, lo voy a traducir um, so her question is she has a child that it has special needs and has been in federal custody um, and she wants to know if there's anything that she can do to help expedite. Um, he's been there for about a year. ¿Está él eh, en la custodia del condado o en la custodia federal? Federal. Oh, federal. ¿Y cuántos años le han dado o no le han dado nada? No, to todavía no me le han dado corte. Okay, so nomás me está... En, en, en la me cárcel federal esperando su día en corte. Sí, está esperando su día en corte porque me le habían dado una corte, pero me la cancelaron porque uh, uh -huh. 
por razones de, de más información sobre él, pero este ya no me le han dado como cambiaron supuestamente de juez y como ahorita está el tiempo así del virus que está ahorita y no me le han dado corte, pero supuestamente los me lo llevaron hasta Colorado, me le hicieron los exámenes desde Colorado hasta hasta aquí y todo sale que no es competente, o sea que sus que sus que sus um, exámenes salen es más Sí, y, y yo puedo hablar con usted, también le puedo dar uh, mi información para que usted me pueda hablar y podemos platicar eso, porque sí tenemos recursos para eso. Um, so really what she is asking is, um, her son has been uh, incarcerated uh, on the federal level, um, has not yet been convicted, so he's incarcerated but not yet convicted, and he has, uh, he has special needs and all the psychological tests have proved Uh, that he is a special ed, and he's been special education ever since he was born. So he is, um, his mental capacity is not there uh, or is uh, compromised and has been compromised since he was a child or since birth. And so she's wondering, you know, here's been a year, and he still hasn't had a date um, before the judge. The last time that they did have a hearing, they canceled the hearing due to COVID, and there he is in jail um, mentally. Uh, uh, he's incompetent and it's been proven through their, the psychologist that they have sent him to. And, and here again, we're, this, is, uh, this is what we're talking about. The, these stories, they don't make sense to me because, um, you know, that, that could have, why has it taken a year, you know? So um, lo que le puedo decir es que si usted quiere hablar conmigo, le puedo hablar, le puede um, mandar en Facebook. Uh, Cintia le puede mandar mis datos y okay, yo le puedo dar bien. más información cómo puede cómo puede usted uh, tratar de que le den uh, uh, le pueden dar la oportunidad a su hijo que salga afuera aunque sea you know, uh, monitoreado um, pero usted hábleme y nosotros platicamos ok muy bien para qué día es especial para usted para que yo le pueda hablar bien no, sí, absolutamente, para aquí estoy para servirle. Ah, entonces, este, este, yo le iba a decir, entonces, ¿se puede hacer algo sobre mi hijo? Sí, nomás, me, si usted me habla a mí, yo le puedo dar todos esos recursos. Ah, tengo varios recursos y también le puedo dar varios recursos en español. Ah, ok, muy bien. Entonces, este, ¿Sí? yo le, yo le, yo le marco y este, que me dé toda su información, Cintia, para yo hablar con usted. Absolutamente. Sí, que le vaya bien. Vaya con Dios. Gracias. Much muchísimas gracias. De nada. Yo la bendiga. Gracias. Bye. Bye. So there we have, I, I believe, you know, a really good case. I'm looking forward to to hearing more about it and uh, getting permission um, to to discuss it in, further, in future shows. Um, that's one of the things that uh, makes me very Uh, sad um, is when I know, as a mental health provider, that we have somebody that has struggled with, because my son has been special education, he's got autism, so I, 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 I feel her pain. So she's got a son right now that, that's waiting for his day in court, and it's not happening. So um, that's an injustice even in itself. So anyway, I, I um, will continue the series, and I love you guys uh, beyond, I mean, God loves you more in a second than anybody in this world will ever love you in a lifetime.
But if no one's ever, you know, said anything, you are worthy of good things, you are loved. And as I always say, we may not have it all together, but together we do have it all. We so stick together and lift each other up. And in prayer, I'm going to close. Thank you, God, for bringing us together and for these beautiful souls uh, to listen in and um, and and share their pain and suffering, if suffering uh, themselves uh, due to these these very unusual times uh, due to this pandemic that is affecting uh, certain vulnerable populations. And uh, Christ, we just ask you to uh, give us all um, the, the anointment that we need. And we just, we just ask you, God, to, to be present with us when we move forward um, because we are your soldiers and we will continue to do your work and we love you, God. Thank you so much. And in Jesus Christ's most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. And thank you for tuning into Lodabar. And we'll be back next Saturday at the same time at 7 p.m. See you tonight with Mr. Ceballos on Cell Life Amplified at 9 p.m. Tanto me da, 
KPV Radio, Central Texas. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.